This episode of the ABZ Football Podcast is sponsored by Siberia Bar and Hotel on Belmont Street, Aberdeen. Located only 30 seconds walk from the nearest bus stop, taking supporters to Pataudry for free on match days. Siberia Bar and Hotel is open seven days a week, all year round. Come and join them in Aberdeen's biggest and best beer garden. And even better, head to the bar and quote the phrase ABZ Pod, that's ABZ Pod, for a £3 pint of Foster's, £4 pint of Moretti or £5 pint of Fierce any day of the week, including match days. Come on, you Reds! Oh, Rich light of foot there. Hello and welcome to episode 55.5 of the ABZ Football Podcast. I'm Gary Scott. Joining me is Gavin J. Baxter. Gav, how's it going? It's been a long time coming. We've got the review of our new signing from Fleetwood Town. I am loving life right now. Good. It's taken a little bit of time, but we're there. We're there now. It's another mini, which, as you all know by now, means the Dons have done it. Once again, that's right, another signing in the door this time. 20-year-old winger Shaden Morris becoming our 10th summer signing of the window, signing on a four-year deal for an undisclosed fee from Fleetwood Town. Now, Gav, this is one that's rumbled on for a few weeks with the Dons, I guess, trailing the winger. Initially, it looked as though for the last couple of weeks, but in his Red TV interview yesterday, he let slip that Aberdeen's interest actually goes as far back as January on this one. So I think it's fair to say from that perspective, it's it's a Darren Mowbray special. Yet another Darren Mowbray special. Yep, certainly seems to indicate that there is a a lot of hope, a lot of expectation for Shaden coming in, and you see that reflected as well with the length of the deal he signed. Absolutely, yeah, another one, another player signing a long, long term deal, four years this time round. As we just said, it's kind of rumbled on for a few weeks. This one, um, a lot of rumours that Aberdeen had had a couple of bids turned down before finally getting our man. Now Fleetwood Town described the fee as being quote substantial end quote mark. I think. What we've heard on our end is probably something in the region of £250,000 with a sell-on fee potentially in the region of around 15-20%, one of those two. Shaden Morris joining Jaden and Hayden in our squad, so we're all the Dens this season. Coming through the Fleetwood Town ranks, making a first-team debut in September 2019 in an EFL trophy tie with Liverpool before earning a first pro contract with the Cod Army in 2020 before a first league start in January 2021 in a 0-0 away draw at Wigan Athletic before, I guess, really making the breakthrough in the Fleetwood Town side last season, making a total of 30 appearances across all competitions, 26 of them in League One and even split 13 starts, 13 from the bench, two goals to his name. Now, interestingly, though, for a winger, no assists registered last campaign in the league, although he did get one in the FA Cup. Featured for Fleetwood Town in their opening League One game at Port Vale last weekend. Played off the left wing by rookie manager Scott Brown, but withdrawn just after the hour mark as Fleetwood eventually went down 2-1 to Funzo King Ojo's new side. Now, he's been described, I think it's fair to say, by all quarters, and if you look up any clips of him, a real out-and-out right winger. Um, I don't think that means he's racist. I think he just plays off the right wing. Lots of pace which means he joins the likes of Calm Roberts and Vicente Bajau and is being able to play on that flank. 
which surely Gav is now going to bring into question the future of like of Conor McLennan and Marley Watkins, one would imagine. Oh, definitely. I think we've got, I think we expect Conor McLennan especially to be out the door, but yeah, it pushes Marley Watkins down the pecking order even further. I mean, you talk about Shaden Morris, Callum Roberts, Vicente Bujau, and you've got Matty Kennedy to throw in there as well. Um, Ryan Duncan's been playing off the right side when he's been coming on um, in some of the games he's featured. So McLennan, I fully expect to be out the door um, by the end. And yeah, Watkins further down the pecking order in those attacking positions, further down the pecking order in the number nine position. It's really hard to see him having a future at Aberdeen. And it'll be interesting to see what this does to the likes of Matty Kennedy. Absolutely. And I, I, even you just touched on it there, like Ryan Duncan, for example, a player who's who's excited, I think, when he's when he's appeared in certainly the group stage matches he came on in the Premier Sports Cup. I wonder if this means we might see Ryan Duncan heading back out on loan potentially now. It will push him down the pecking order, one would imagine, um, unless we do decide to keep a hold of him around the squad just for, for experience sake, I guess, more than anything. Shaden Morris, though, looking back at him, struggled a little bit with injuries last season, which which did restrict his injuries. It restricted his appearances, sorry, in the league. And I guess this might tie in as well with some reports that were doing the rounds on Wednesday evening that the deal was potentially on the rocks due to some issues that were being found in his medical. I don't think it was ever at the point where the deal was off, off completely. I think it was just a case of some gremlins were potentially found in the system and, and needed to be looked at in, in more detail, which is clearly what happened Thursday before the announcement came out Thursday night that he'd signed up. But I guess like another one for us, a sign of our belief in the player, we're signing up another young player on another four-year deal. We're clearly looking again at this model where we're bringing in young players with talent, trying to develop them for a couple of years and then looking to sell them on with a, a reasonable portion of their deal left to maximise our return. Yeah, I mean, you can look at our um, sort of the state of our contracts and you see a lot more long-term planning in place. You know, you look at the, the number of players that are out of contract, think at the end of next season. As, yeah, as in the end of this season, should I say, next next summer. There's very few in the way that are viewed class as being important players as such. So these kind of deals, you know, getting that protection on your investment, all good with me. Obviously, the uh, the double-edged sword there is if they're garbage, they then have to pay them <laughs> off substantial fees for them to uh, to leave Pataudry. But hey, so far, we've been pretty excited by what Dara Mowbray and Jim Goodwin have brought into the club. And yeah. I'm looking forward to see what Shaden can do. It will just be interesting to see how we fit him in with our other checks notes. 12 million wingers. So we've suddenly gone from having like nay wingers last season to just a ridiculous number. I think I posted it out on Twitter earlier on as well. It's going to be very, not just on the wings though, it's going to be very interesting now to see if you assume Miofsky's the nine and if you assume Ross McCrory is probably a guaranteed starter every week under Jim Goodwin. He's vice captain. He Jim Goodwin clearly loves him. It leaves you with, I think I calculated at the moment the way the squad's set up, and this is including like McLennan and Watkins, but I think it leaves you 13 players who can fit into the four positions remaining, i.e. one alongside McCrory, and then three players who will play behind Miofsky for playing a 4-2-3-1. We've gone from last season having very few options behind the strikers to suddenly having a massive question mark about how you're going to try and keep players happy motivated will it like ready to step into the team here but it's i i honestly i honestly had assumed the shade and morris deal was off when we signed cal roberts i presume that that was done because they sound like very very similar players and to now have two of them in the door in the space of a week i, I can't decide whether this approach is a bit scattergun 
in a way. I, I still think we look very, very light, for example, at centre half. And I'm surprised we've not addressed that as yet. Um, maybe we're still working on that, I guess. We seem very, very top heavy, um, which, which is interesting. <laughs> well, competition for places is one thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, having, as you say, what, 13 players playing, vying for roughly the same position does seem excessive. And we still have to, because th- I, I think Ramadani as well will be a first name on the team sheet every week as well. Oh, uh, yeah. I was being very generous by suggesting he's not one of the guarantees. And um, then you have to fit Connor Barandor in there somewhere. So yeah. it's it's going to be, it'll be interesting to see how you can kind of control that amount of individuals who all, you know, have been signed probably with a, a thinking, a thought in mind that they're going to be in the team. Yeah. How you kind of control that number of uh, egos, personalities, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, it's, um, I do think we'll get rid of, get rid of, I think we'll move a couple on. I think yeah. Watkins and McLennan will go, which will obviously trim that number down. And yeah, we'll maybe see, despite what we might have thought, the likes of Matty Kennedy, Graham's favorite player, or maybe even Johnny Hayes taking more bit part roles than we'd expected when we were beating, you know, Wraith Rovers. Potentially. I mean, when you look through the squad as well now, it's kind of like, right, well, I can't see McLennan and Watkins having a future here. So that's two that go out with that 13. I suspect Ryan Duncan probably goes out on loan as well. That brings you down to 10. Povara, I suspect, might go out on loan as well. That brings you down to nine. So suddenly when you start doing that, you know, you, you do start to whittle out and you're getting to quite close to, I had an idea of having two players for every position in that area, which is which is probably, I reckon, what we're kind of really trying to aim for um, overall. But just generally, your thoughts about the Shade and Morris one in, in terms of like, where do you... There's, there seems to be very mixed reactions to this one online together with... It reminds me a bit about the Cal Roberts one the other week where there a lot of people querying, doubting the kind of... the the, the I guess the quality of league, the quality of team he's coming from mm-hmm. and looking at his hashtag data, it, you know, it's it's not sparkling, but there's clearly something in there that we've we've seen as a from a recruitment perspective that we like and we think there's something there to work with and develop. I mean, in league terms, he's what so Fleetwood, I believe, just avoided relegation last year from Yeah, they from missed league a big goal difference, yeah. Um so you know, I mean, on paper, yeah, it's a Stuart Downing special of a season. Um the thought <laughs> I mean, there's always context he might have been laying on sitters. We could we kept that you know their clogger strikers just weren't putting away. I mean it's a uh, it's a struggling team and we saw this ourselves last season yes. when you've got a team struggling, not scoring a lot of goals, like wingers and creative types just you know they they often don't look at the races a lot of the time. You know you're often not getting the ball to them because you're just hoofing the ball at the park to get rid of it from the back because you're so concerned about not conceding goals etc. So it is a it is an odd position I think sometimes to look at to look too much into the detail on, on, on data. Especially if you consider that the manager last year was Simon Grayson. Also true. Not exactly renowned for his free-flowing, attacking football. I mean, Shaden had been falling asleep when he heard his instructions being written out on a flipboard. <laughs> the flipboard yeah. yeah. Just, give just, me, just, give, just give me PowerPoint. Not even, I don't even need anything fancy. Just, don't even need Visio. Just, uh, yeah, you know? um, yeah, just, yeah. So you're, generally, your kind of thoughts on this one. I mean, so what, he would have been 19 last year. It's a it's a big ask for a young player to go into a team in a very physical league, especially. I suspect here, the comments I've seen on Facebook and Twitter from Fleetwood fans is certainly, as you say, very mixed. It's not like 
Cal Roberts, where everyone was quite disappointed to see him leaving Notts County. But I think we're buying potential here. I think we're making an investment uh, with the likely view that we can flip him. Um, but yeah, what we've heard, he sounds exciting. Old school wingers. I'm all I'm here for that every day of the week. Hmm. And yeah, we'll just see. I think like everyone, we're just interested to see what's how the, our team is going to line up when we play Sitman and tomorrow at Potaudry. It's just, yeah, lots and lots of numbers, very limited spaces. So, hey, uh, welcome. I just, I welcome Shaden to the club, of course. I think we still need more, as you say. I would still be looking in the central positions, ideally, a centre-back and a centre-midfielder. And yeah, we'll see what happens. But yeah, welcome to the club, Mr. Shaden Morris. Shaden, Hayden and Jaden's not going to get confusing at all this season, is it? Not at all, no. No, we've become very middle-class Aberdeen Football Club all of a sudden, I think it's fair to say. Anyway, but hey, you know us. We're not content just to sit and search through the internet or check out Y Scout. We sat down this time with nappers from COD Vlogs to get the lowdown on our newest acquisition in the form of Shaden Morris. Nappers from COD Vlogs, welcome to the ABZ Football Podcast. How's it going, mate? Oh, great, mate. Glad to be here and thanks for inviting me on. Obviously, I... The move that we want to talk about came about two or three weeks ago, and I think we all thought, oh, you know, not heard about this, and then it kind of went quiet, and then all of a sudden on Wednesday coming out of work, it's, it's a done deal, and, you know, nothing from a Fleetwood point of view, it was Scottish media outlets having a look, and, um, yeah, it happened out of the blue, and obviously last night we, we get the message saying, done deal. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, we, we thought it'd be good to have a quick chat just about Shaden Morris, who's Aberdeen's 10th summer signing this year, signing on a four-year deal from yourselves at Fleetwood Town. And let's just get straight down to it, Nappers. I mean, what sort of player can Aberdeen fans expect to see from Shaden Morris? He's fast, he's direct, he likes getting on the ball. Um, I think sometimes he struggles to cut in on his left foot, I think that needs work. But on the outside, and if you can drive into the box, he's very dangerous. He's one of the quickest in League One when he was here. Um, he's quite strong on the ball as well. Um, but yeah, that weak foot of his sometimes lets him down, but he's an exciting player. He's hungry or wants to learn. Um, he's got appearances under his belt now, so he's not a young kid anymore. He's been here five years. He broke into the team last year. Had an injury and then was in and out the side, like you say. Um, he's one that suits better pitches. In the winter period, Fleetwood's pitch really dug up and was really hard to play on. And it didn't suit a player of Shane's quality in the way he plays because he likes getting the ball direct. Where last year we had to plough the ball forward to, to literally get any success on, on the, the cabbage patch we had last year. It's interesting looking through some of Shaden's data and everything because obviously, like you say, last year was kind of his breakthrough season at Fleetwood in the first team. I think he made uh, 30 appearances across all competitions last season, 26 of them in League One, which was an even split, 13 starts and 13 sub-appearances. Got a couple of goals, but interestingly, no assists registered for him in the league. Only the one in the FA Cup last season, which seems quite surprising for what you'd class as being an out-and-out winger, I guess. Yeah, um, he is a player that is he'll come on and impact the game in other ways where he'll make runs, he'll, he'll drive into the box, he'll win your corners, he'll win your set pieces uh, from from his quickness and his pace. And, you know, defenders can't live with him, so they'll just knock out for a throw or a, a set piece. So he'll, he'll create your goals that way that don't always get noticeable on stats when you're not walking in. Um, but 
for, for the fee that we've got, I think we've done well. I think it's going to be one where Aberdeen are going to have to wait patiently to get the service back for the fee that we've paid. I think they're going to have to give them three or four years to prop where then you'll see this is a good buy for what we've bought because we've got a long-term investment. We, we probably sell them on for a bigger amount and you'll get the goals and the assist as he gets more experience and he gets you know, better on the certain things that he needs to improve on. I think as well, like we touched on it before we started recording, it's an interesting one for Aberdeen fans now because this transfer was rumoured like two or three weeks ago, as you said as well, and then it seemed to go very, very quiet. We signed another couple of wingers and in the meantime... And then suddenly out of nowhere again, come Wednesday night, the whole thing's back on. There appeared to potentially be a bit of an issue in his medical on Thursday, which was then resolved, um, the deal being finally announced on late on Thursday night. Um, he played at the weekend, didn't he? He played against Port Vale, your first game of the season. How did he get on then? He was poor, if I'm honest with you. He didn't really get on the ball. He didn't really create much, but Fleetwood were poor in general. Um, didn't really give him any much to work with, so you can't really blame that on Shaden. And he has looked at a bright star in a poor side recently. Uh, and I think with a better side, we're going to give him the ball more service, we're going to play him more, we'll do well. You mentioned he only started 13 times last year, so you can't really hope for much more out of a player if you're, if you're going to be in and out of the side. Um, he needs to be playing six or seven games in a row to get the service. You can't just play him, oh, he's poor, we'll bench him again, you'll do well, come back in, poor, bench again. And then all of a sudden he's a bench player. He needs a run in the team. Seven, eight games in a row, then you might see some return. Am I right in thinking he played off the left wing on Saturday? He did, to try and cut in on the right-hand side. The right. Which I mentioned, if he can drive on that right foot outside and then cut in, that is where he's the most dangerous. Yeah, because I thought it was interesting, because again, before we started recording, you kind of said to me, left foot's only really for standing on, I think, and... So when I noticed that in the in in the press reports from the weekend that he played off the left wing, I was like, oh, that's an interesting move by a manager to play a guy who's got no left foot off the wing. Clearly, try to just make him come in field the whole time. And I think you only you only last about an hour, I think, um, on Saturday. Do you think you know you you guys will know the player more than than we do? Obviously, bit of, bit of issues there potentially with speculation as well affect him. Do you think, or is it just a case of Fleetwood just not quite at it at the weekend and? Fleetwood weren't at it and we weren't good enough in loads of areas. We didn't create enough chances. So I don't think the speculation had got to him. Um, really, I think that it was just a poor performance all around. Because it was interesting in his in his interview with the Aberdeen Club TV um, last night, he indicated that actually this move's potentially been on the go since January. Um, I think we made first contact with him back in January, which is interesting as well because that would mean that this is something that's been a long burner from Aberdeen's perspective. It actually would outlast our current manager, which makes me feel it's our head of recruitment, who's probably um, had an eye on, on Shade and Morris for a little while now. We've given her a four-year deal, um, which shows a lot of faith, I think, from Aberdeen and what we're hopefully going to try and get out of them. This is clearly, again, another example of the type of model we're looking at at the moment where we bring in young, talented individuals based on, I think, whatever we can see in their data. Um put them on long-term contracts with the hope they come in, perform well, and then we can try and sell them in a couple of years' time for for decent money. I'm presuming you're hearing the same thing we are in terms of there being a bit of a sell-on fee for this one. Yes, 20%, I believe. And we're a bit like like you. We're bringing plays in through our youth academy. We're giving them a chance in our first team, and we're selling them all for big amounts of money. James Hill, a million quid to Bournemouth, uh, Matetti to Sunderland, Billy Quellen to Everton, now Morris to uh, Aberdeen. So there's a lot of there's a lot of players that are coming in and then going, and it's going to be the start, really. And it does feel like a break when a player leaves, but 
club of Fleetwood sides, this is what we have to do. So a quarter of a million with a 20% sell-on fee is a good fee for Fleetwood. I think it suits all parties and hopefully they'll do well for you and hopefully that you know we can get some decent money on his return if he, he was ever to leave Aberdeen. Do you have hopes you'll get a decent a decent amount then on the selling fee? Is that something we can expect? Hopefully that he'll go for a decent money in the future. What do you think? If you're a betting man, he's still young. He's still hungry. He still likes to, you know, score goals and create stuff. So if he can keep doing that, then then why not? Even if it's half a million quid or a million quid, it's a, still some more money for the football club to you know to add on to the success of selling these players on. I think it's definitely going to be an interesting one to watch. Um, like I said to you, we seem to be now overloaded with attacking players and, and wingers so it'll be interesting to see where he fits into our grand scheme of thinking at the moment where he fits in the pecking order and so on and so forth with with our squad this season going forward like you say it sounds like he's a very kind of very typical out and out winger probably a little bit inconsistent it's going to be lightning and going to be amazing one game and potentially anonymous the next game depending how the game is going but let's um Let's move off of Shaden Morris really quickly um, because we were talking about it before and it, these are always interesting tidbits for us when we get a chance to chat to fans of other teams and especially one now who's, who've got a very recent Aberdeen connection between us now with um, your new manager, Scott Brown, with his yeah. hair. He's obviously decided to go with hair as the manager. Uh, how, how is Scott getting on and um, what are your initial kind of impressions of him? Obviously, you're only one league game in, but what are your initial impressions of him as your, as your new manager? First of all, I thought, is this a different Scott Brown because he's got hair? Totally different. Um, maybe he's just having his midlife crisis now, um, going into management. Uh, no, but I, 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 it was a good appointment. Out of all the names that were mentioned, I think that he was the best choice for the job because he was an exciting choice, first rodeo. So hopefully that he can he can reward us back for giving him the opportunity. But he wants to play football the right way. We can see we want to play his drop in. In and then playing out through the wings, playing through midfield um, and burning sides down. Obviously, the Celtic model. He's already said the club needs to do this, needs to do this, needs to do this. And that is because he's been up there standards with, with Celtic. They've done everything right. They've had the money too. So I think it's going to be where he's going to have to meet us halfway, where we'll do stuff for him, but he's got to drop his expectation a little bit to where Fleetwood Town really are. I think Town are a bottom eight league one football club at the moment. They just want to survive. So I reckon that he... If we can do that this year, we go one bet the year after then one bet the year after. It's going to be a, a slowly building model, but I reckon he is the right man for the job overall. And there's another link as well, um, future guest on, on our podcast, Barry Nicholson, who's been with Fleetwood Town for a long, long time now. Um, Barry, I think he's been promoted up to first team coach now, hasn't he? He was with your academy for a long, long time. Again, Barry seems to have really, really settled. Really seems to embrace the area. Um, what's the kind of what's the general consensus about Barry Nicholson amongst the the COD army? Top bloke, um, really good bloke, really good coach. The players you can see love him and trust him. For me, I think he will go into management one day, maybe. But at the moment, I think he's just that type of coach that is a little bit like he's a good guy, really, and. If, he, if there's been an argument with a coach, he'll get them. He'll sit down with a pint or a coffee with them or have a game of pool with them, speak to them and build the confidence back up. And that's the sort of bloke you want in a football coach. Um, he seems he's, he's stepped up a couple of times to help out with managers when managers departed and, you know, always made an impact. Um, and he's, in, he's, he's always got time for the fans. He'll, every time that he sees me, he always 
Greenfield, Shakespeare, and remember his name as well. So he's a good bloke, and you know I respect him highly. And he's been at the football club a long while, and he survived six or seven managers. And I think when you do that, it shows you how good at your job you really are. He played for us for a bit as well, decent midfielder as well. Um, he can play a little bit, we, we can say, and uh, I'd still have him in our midfield now, really. And we spoke to him just after he came back from his summer holidays, cracking tan at the time as well. He was looking very, very healthy with Mr Nicholson. Um, I guess one inter- one other interesting one, just before we let, we'll let you go, Nappers, um, Mikey Devlin was on trial with your with yourselves. Has that gone quiet now? Any, any updates on that? What's happening there? Well, he's still at the football club. Um, he's still on trial. Fleetwood want to take him. The problem with Fleetwood are last year we had 15 injuries at the football club. Um, and that is where we were screwed. Already we have got uh, Promise Omicheri, we signed from Bohemian Island, injured. Uh, Barry Bagley, injured. Um, there's a couple of other lads that have been in and out. We've got shortage. Darnell Johnson, who's a centre half, out, out injured for the rest of the season. We've just let our captain from last year go. So we signed him. He, I think he would walk into our team. I think he's still a very good player from what I've heard and what I've seen of him. And he'd walk into our side. The problem is his injury record is worrying for a club of our side. We just know if we sign him, he gets injured, Fleetwood, we've got no B plan. Whereas if we don't sign him, we can maybe bring a player, maybe not as good, but maybe a player that probably won't get as injured. or that, Because we need a player to play 40 games as a centre-half this year and we can't have the injuries that we did last year. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, if you do sign him and you want the lowdown on Michael Devlin, give us a shout now, because it won't be a problem. Well what's your um, What's your aspirations for this season? Stay up, uh, finish on either 40 points, get to 50 points, then we'll have a look. But as long as we're not in the bottom four, I'm happy, mate, because last year was horrific. We stayed with the lowest ever points only in the league one. We stayed up on goal difference. I think we only won eight games all season. Uh, we lost a lot of games in the last minute. So stay up, be a lot more stronger defensively and have a... And keep promoting those youth team players like Paddy Lame, Dylan Boyle, Barry Bagley, those types of um, footballers. Great stuff. Listen, Nappers, pleasure talking to you. Thanks for joining us on the ABC Football Podcast. Great to get the lowdown on Shaden Morris. We'll see how he goes and uh, we'll keep our eyes peeled, I suspect, on Fleetwood Towns results for the rest of the season. All the very best for the rest of the season. Thank you, mate. All the best to Aberdeen and Shaden as well. And so that wraps up this mini. Gav, when will we be back next week? Oh, we'll be back sometime. Unless something week. happens tonight, that you never know. <laughs> you never know in this game. You never know. By the way, can I just make a point that in our of main course. preview of Sitminen, we neglected to mention Stephen Robinson's interview about the uh, Premier Sports Group stages and how it does not favour professional clubs like Sitminen. Yeah, we did actually forget neglect to talk about that, didn't we? I think it's because we maybe felt we covered it the week before with Hibbs. Lee Johnson was kind of saying something similar, wasn't he? Lee yeah, Johnson was just complaining about like fixture pileups or whatever. Yeah. Stephen Robinson was complaining that basically asking his Simmons team to play football made it unfair on them. That was my favorite bit about all of this. I mean, you know what's going to happen? They're going to come to Petrodri tomorrow, and they're going to stick in a display that would make the 1970 Brazil team weep with joy watching it. Um, but I thought it was interesting this idea that it didn't favour us because we had loads of the ball and most weeks we won't have the ball and so my team didn't know what to do. It's a very odd take. Um, yeah, thumbs up Stevie. The uh, the words of a man <laughs> walking the plank. Let's see what happens tomorrow. I don't want to make too many bold predictions, although I think I did go 7-0 on the uh, 
main pods. So. Yeah, do you want to bring that down like six? Like no, I'll go higher eight. So, um, yeah, when will we be back, Gav, next week? We'll be back next week, most likely Wednesday, I'd imagine. Episode 56, yes. Episode 56, we'll review the St. Mirren game, we'll preview the Motherwell game in the company of one of the boys from the Motherwell FC podcast, and we'll be chucking a player interview next week, Gav, what do you think? It's been a long time, hasn't it? Should we chuck in one with somebody who's got a connection with Fleetwood Town? Ooh, we could do that, certainly. We'll put that in, it seems like a fitting time to do it. A man that loves a vest. Does love a vest. Will we do it? I enjoy making I enjoy just making editorial decisions on the fly. It's what we're here for. Yeah, let's do it. Let's get we'll do it. let's get okay. that guy in. Okay, fine. So also next week, um, possibly part one. I can't remember how long this interview is of our interview with Barry Nicholson. Join us next week on the ABZ Football Podcast. Until then, stand free. This episode of the ABZ Football Podcast was brought to you in association with Siberia Bar and Hotel on Belmont Street, Aberdeen. Head into the bar, quote the phrase ABZ Pod, that's ABZ Pod, for a £3 pint of Foster's, £4 pint of Moretti or £5 pint of Fierce any day of the week, including match days. Siberia is open seven days a week, all year round, and the bar is located only 30 seconds walk from the nearest bus stop taking supporters to Tawdry Stadium for free on match days. Come on you Reds!